Amen, amen. Well, I have to congratulate those of you who made it here today. <laughs> we looked out of the windows at, I don't know, 6.30, no snow. I looked at the weather map and I thought, I don't know. I think there's some snow coming. Sure enough, two inches later. So I don't know how much snow there is out there. Has anybody got a weather report? It must be five, six inches by now. So if we don't go, maybe the people who brought the chili, we can eat all of their chili. I don't know. But um, if, uh, if you did bring chili, uh, then we'll freeze it and we'll do it next week because we want to do that chili cook-off in the best way possible. Congratulations, everyone who got here, but especially congratulations to those who today sealed and signed and made so public your declaration of faith in baptism. God bless you in that. Today we're going to finish our introduction to John's gospel, and we're going to have a little bit of fun doing it. It says this in the message version of John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, the Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Now, I'll read that in the version that we're perhaps more familiar with, and you'll see kind of two perspectives on those, on that, on those same words. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, when it says, when it says he dwelt among us, who made his dwelling among us, it's really important that we, that we get the right picture here. Because actually what it says in the original language is that Jesus pitched his tent. Jesus pitched his tent. It's the same word that they use in the Old Testament when they describe the mobile temple of God. Anybody remember the name of the mobile temple of God? What was that? The tabernacle. So the literal word that is used here in this passage is that Jesus came in flesh and blood and he tabernacled among us. He, he camped. Now, Anybody like camping? I love camping. I don't get to do it often, but I do love it. Now, I'd love, to, I'd love to just have a little bit of a guessing game here. What do you think is my favorite way to go camping? Yeah? In the woods. Yeah, that's exactly right. I like the woods. Anyone else? Yeah? Under a tree or under a... Under the stars. Under the stars, yeah. What else? What else do you think I like about it? Yeah, right there. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Yes, I like the Holiday Inn as well. That's another way to camp, yeah. The nice peace and quiet. I like that as well. I like the woods. I like the stars. I like the peace and quiet. So, here's, here's a, little, a little other question for you. How, how do you think I like to get to the campsite backpack what about a car yeah what else a canoe 
Uh-huh. Well, I, I wonder if you could guess if, um, let me just, uh, let me see if you can guess. Uh, you still behind there? Hello. Uh, what about if I, um, what if I put these on? What do you think? You, you think a motorcycle? Yeah, but I wouldn't have one of those here, so that's ridiculous. So, um, uh, any other guesses? A what? A race car. That would be even better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think the person who said motorcycle, I think that person might be right. You see, I love... I love going on my motorcycle with Jesus. He, he, uh, he's, he sometimes has his own bike and then sometimes he just rides with me. And, um, and we, we go all over the place. We, we have a great time. You know, whilst we're on the way, we'll maybe go for a coffee. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll get... I'll get Jesus a cream cake and me a cream cake. And sometimes Jesus doesn't eat his cream cake, which means that I get two. Um, but uh, but I, think, I think going camping with Jesus on my motorcycle is about as much fun as I can have. But of course, I can't actually have a motorcycle here, so I've got the best... Just the best alternative. What do you think? What do you think? Okay. So, uh, so this is called a Triumph. It's the, it's the motorcycle that Jesus would have ridden. And the reason I know that is because obviously he's going to stick to the family tradition because King David rode a motorcycle because it says in the Bible, the sound of his triumph was heard throughout the whole of Israel. Yeah? So, so obviously, Jesus is going to keep in the family tradition and... Um, and ride, ride a, a triumph like I do, which is obviously why I do it. But when I'm, when I'm out there, I take my tent with me. It's a different kind of tent than this, but this is the tent that we could use on this occasion for the illustration. Because what I said to Becky, my daughter and my assistant, is I said, I need a tent that will go up real quick because I can't spend a lot of time pitching it. And so she said, okay, well, I'll go online. And uh, I'll, find, I'll find a tent that you just have to do that with, which is rather clever, isn't it? So there's, uh, there's the tent, and it's a tent somewhat similar, the tent that is described as the tent that Jesus pitched. Now, when, um, when it talks about Jesus pitching his tent, it's kind of interesting because, um, oh, I see, I've got to put that on there. 
Yeah, there we go. That's much better. It says, um, it says that he came to pitch his tent. Now, now, what does that mean? It means that Jesus came and had a temporary residence where people were. But the temporary residence created a particular kind of a, a particular kind of presence. Jesus came, and it says he was full of what? Full of, see that? Full of grace and, and truth. Yeah? What else does it say about Jesus as he came to pitch his tent? So here's Jesus. He is the representation of of God among us. He's the son of God become a human being. He's the one and only. He's the one and only. Now, what that means is, what that means is, if you want to know what God looks like, you just have to understand Jesus. You just have to look at Jesus and you look at his life and you know what God is like. What God is like is like Jesus. And Jesus is full of what again? And truth. That means that God is always taking an initiative towards us. When you, when you meet somebody, do you find it helpful when they offer to embrace you or extend their hand to you? Or do you find it a bit difficult when people kind of greet you and say, hello, how are you? And you feel kind of uncomfortable about it, don't you? You don't know whether you should extend your hand or not. Do you remember during COVID when people didn't know and bump or elbow or, yeah? It's so much better, isn't it? It's so much easier to make a connection if the other person takes the initiative. If the other person starts the connection, that's what Jesus reveals every time. Every time you come to Jesus, it's probably because he's already prompted you to do that. Because he's always taking the initiative. He's always moving towards us. And he's always moving towards us in love. Now, in the message version, when it translated the word truth, it tried to explain what truth is in John's gospel. And, and what it means is this. If you want to understand whether something is real or not, you need a way of doing that. And so if you want to know what's real and really important, it says Jesus helps us to understand that. He's the one who defines what is important in life. So he's always taking a loving initiative towards us, and he's always helping us to understand what's important. So those questions by Morgan at the beginning there, A or B, Jesus is the one who in our life, as we're trying to make decisions, we think, what would Jesus do? And what Jesus would do is the truth. Because he says, I am the truth. I define what is good and what is best. 
And so when he came and took up residence among the people that he lived, they knew what the father was like. They understood what it meant that God was always moving towards them. And they knew what it was to make the important decisions in the life because they could look at Jesus. And fortunately for us, the Holy Spirit saw fit to write down all of those stories for us so that we have the gospel stories to help us see how Jesus lived and what he did. Now, last thing, which is going to be an important point for all of us as we think about what it is that God's saying to us this week. It says, he's full of grace and truth. He's the one and only. But it says, we have seen his glory. Now, of course, what that's saying is, is that in the Old Testament, when there was the mobile temple of God, and then when there was a permanent temple of God, st stationary in, in Jerusalem, the cloud came down upon the tabernacle, and during the night, it was on fire, and during the day, it was just a glowing cloud, and so the glory of God was represented in this cloud, in this fire, and it revealed to us that God was present. God is present wherever Jesus goes. And he's revealing his glory. And John says, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only. Now, have a think about this. Jesus came and pitched his tent among the people that he lived. But today, he's taken up a permanent dwelling that though it moves, is not temporary. Anyone guess what that is? Anyone guess, or just tell me, what the permanent location of Jesus is now? Good. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. I stand at the door of your life and knock. If anyone will let me in, I will come in and be with you forever. And it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, you are the temple of the living God. So Jesus pitched his tent and was there just mobile and temporarily during the time that he was here among us on earth. But this is what he decided to do. Just like in the Old Testament where the people made the tabernacle into the, into the temple, Jesus said, I'm going to be revealing myself, revealing the Father, showing grace and truth, revealing who the Father is through me, but I'm going to be mobile and I'm going to be temporary because my plan is to find a permanent residence in the lives of every believer. Isn't that amazing? It's an incredible thought that the Bible says over and over again, you 
are the temple of the living God. Now, here's the amazing thing. It's a permanent thing, but it's a mobile thing. So what Jesus is able to do in you and in me is to take up a permanent residence, and yet, because he's permanently resident in us, reveal his glory wherever we go. Get it? So there's a permanent presence of Jesus in our life, but that permanent presence of Jesus means that wherever we go, he can reveal who the Father is. He can reveal who, who, he, who he wants to reveal himself to. And how does he do it? Well, in the Old Testament, one of the guys who really got in on all of this was Moses. Because he got to build the tabernacle. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? He got to build the tabernacle. And he got to hear what it was that God's plan was. And one day, he was talking to God. And he said to God, God, I'm really grateful that your presence has taken us this far. Because we can see the cloud by day and the fire by night. I'm grateful that your presence has come with us this far, but please don't let us go any further without your presence. And the Lord said, my presence will always go with you. And Moses, maybe feeling a bit insecure like we do sometimes, he said, he said well, Lord, if that's true, reveal to me your glory. And this is what God said. He said, I will cause my goodness to go before you. My goodness. So what is it that reveals the presence of God in our lives? The goodness of God. God's a good God. And he's doing good things in us. And he wants to do good things through us. Now, some people might say, well, that's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a lame message. Well, it does appear to be the message of the Bible. And so, when you go beyond the glory, what you find is that there's, a, there's another door. The glory of God is revealed in his goodness. And his goodness means that we can tell people about his goodness. And because we can tell people about his goodness, some amazing things happen. People hear that God is alive. People hear that God is working in us. People begin to understand the glory of God. And then something else happens that's amazing. The evil forces in the world have to stand back and retreat. Because it says this in Revelation, just a few chapters after those words where Jesus says, I'm standing at the door and knocking. This is what it says. It says, because of what Jesus did on the cross, the blood that he poured out for us, and the word of your story, 
you retelling the goodness of God's story in your life means that the devil has to retreat. Any day that you feel like, wow, it's tough, it's hard. Today's been a real challenge to even get this worship service off the ground. But as soon as we began to worship and sing and testify to what it was that God was doing, it kind of lifted completely. And you know why? Because whatever evil forces were at work, they had to stand back because the devil has to retreat because of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you are the temple of the living God, and because you're the temple of the living God, he can tabernacle with the people that you meet. Hear that? Say, I'm a temple. Say it to the person next to you. And then say, he can tabernacle. Which is cool, isn't it? We're the temple. He can tabernacle. He can pitch his tent and reveal himself wherever we go. Personally, I think that's amazing. It's even more amazing than the fact that Jesus drove a Triumph motorcycle. <laughs> Let's pray together. Jesus, you are amazing. You, Lord, reveal the Father through grace and truth. You, Lord, reveal the Father as no one else has ever been able to do because you and the Father are one. And you, Jesus, reveal your glory, which is the goodness of God. And so, Jesus, we pray that you, Lord, would be revealed in us and through us. And I pray, Lord, for anyone this morning, either seeing the recording here online or in the room right now who's made it through the snow, I pray for anyone who today has not received you by faith. They've seen people being baptized because they do believe in you. Jesus, today, may doors to hearts be opened. May lives become the temple. And because those lives become the temple, may people see your glory, which is your goodness. And we pray it, Jesus, in your name. And everyone says, Amen. bless you.